Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It is a Tuesday, and that means we are ready to catch up with Brian Munson of On3 Sports, and it's a good day to do so because Nebraska's had a relatively good recruiting weekend, I suppose, if you count today as a weekend, uh, because they picked up Omarion Miller, the four-star wide receiver um, from Louisiana, top 100 kid by some sites, so a very good job by uh, Mickey Joseph and that crew for getting that done. Let's welcome in Brian Munson of On3 Sports. Brian, how was your 4th of July celebration? I returned to Texas with all fingers and toes, so uh, I think that that's uh, successful. Um, hope, and I think that we were, I tell you what, I, the weather was so enjoyable in Nebraska, I don't think they even got close to 100 degrees uh, the time that we were up there until yesterday, and now I'm looking at a forecast of nothing but 100-degree weather for the foreseeable future as I travel south again. Oh yeah, that that's uh that's no fun. Although it will probably reach there at some point during July up here uh, in Nebraska as well. Did you uh, did you lighten the off? Or are you still uh, are you still like buying fireworks and lighting them off, or do you just kind of watch other people's fireworks type of guy? <laughs> I have you know being a father of two boys too. Uh, it's it's that's a that's a that's a contest anymore to see who gets the. Uh, privileges to, to go out there and light things off so <laughs> i gave i've handed off all the responsibilities now to the to the 20 year old and we're bringing the 12 the 12 year old one along just to kind of get him up to speed on some things but yeah it's that's no longer in my my list of responsibilities well, it's a little safer for you that way, I suppose. Uh, so that's uh, there's always a good part of it. Uh, busy weekend for Nebraska. We'll get uh, to Barry Jackson here in a second. But first, uh, tell us about Amarion Miller, the newest commit to Nebraska. It happened, uh, I don't know if it was an hour or two hours ago, not too long ago this afternoon. Yeah, Amarion is an interesting cat, man. I mean, we felt really good at on three about Nebraska's chances following his official visit to Nebraska in June. Um, uh, there was also some other indicators there that, that, that tended to, you know, really kind of indicated that Nebraska was was, was going to be tough. You, you saw Miller go down to Baton Rouge to camp. He did not pick up that offer following that camp. People asked, well, he was already committed. Well, you still have to go to camp at LSU to kind of get that offer. And then typically what happens there is that it's a process. You, you go to camp, you get the offer. You then go to your official visit, and typically those guys that are kind of hand-picked after they get a chance to work out with you, you know, tend to commit. Um, so that didn't really happen for Omarion. In fact, once Omarion was up in Lincoln, there was kind of a, a, a surge in offers for by LSU to other wide receivers, kind of indicating that maybe they were, they were in a sense kind of moving on from him. Uh, even though kind of talking to him today, he said it kind of came down still to Nebraska and LSU. This is a big-time get. Um, he's a He's got a long body. He's a great athlete. Uh, it's certainly an area where Nebraska wants to wants to be very active in, in grabbing guys out of Louisiana. They're, they're really building uh, a nice kind of pipeline back into the state, you know, like you said with Mickey Joseph. But don't overlook, you know, Coach Applewhite playing a role here with a couple of these guys. He was a, he was a secondary or a backup recruiter here for him. 
you know, a guy like A.J. Allen last year, major, with, 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 uh, with that, with Brian Applewhite, was the, the lead recruiter. Lance Hurd now, you know, Applewhite is the lead recruiter. But you're, you've got guys like DeColdis and Amarion that know each other, that, that grew up 45 minutes from one another. Um, they, these guys are, this is a tight-knit state, uh, particularly when you start talking about skill position guys. When you start talking about how they've been playing seven-on-seven seven for, for years and maybe aren't, aren't on the field against one another at any one time in the, in the fall on, on Friday Night Lights. But they get a chance to know each other through social media, through other camps and combines and seven-on-seven seven passing league. Um, so it, it's really a great get by Nebraska. Like I said, we all felt good about Nebraska's chances following the official visit. Uh, I think that that's right about where the time I put my prediction in for him. And like uh, like you had said, it's been a good weekend. They got Barry Jackson uh, earlier this weekend, and I don't think they're done today. So we'll talk about that here in a second, I'm sure, too. Brian, Dusty has a question for us, and I was going to ask you essentially the same thing. He says, do you think we could get Mickey Joseph to be our lead recruiter on all the guys that we're currently after? (laughs) (laughs) Might as well, right? I think that there would definitely be uh, some advantages to doing that. I I think that Mickey – I think it's, you know, it's one of the things I talked about with Omarion today. It's such an interesting point of view that, that Mickey Joseph has. You know, he's, he's been at LSU, but he's been at Nebraska as a player. He's returned back to Nebraska as a coach. He, he has parts of the country, obviously, that he is very dialed into when it comes to, you know, having, uh, having that kind of the ties back to it, some, re- some recruiting prowess. Um, but I, I think that, I think it's critical to get Mickey, you know, involved in those areas where Nebraska wants to have success. I, I, I don't think I find, and it's not really a coincidence at all that, you know, obviously he stayed in Louisiana, but the, you know, that he also picked up Omaha and Lincoln, uh, you know, the fact that you get Malachi Coleman, um, you know, that, that's, that's there now, the, the probably, you know, that probably has been and still, and still remains to be the top target on the 2023 board for Nebraska. Um, so I, I, I think that there's obviously some advantages there for having Mickey Joseph involved. I don't think that he's ever too far away at any one moment uh, for, for Nebraska at all, though, when it comes to how he's playing the game when it comes to recruiting. He seems to be very, very involved. And uh, let's talk about Barry Jackson real quick, because he did cap in over the weekend, not as highly uh, rated as Omarion Miller, but what is Nebraska getting in Barry Jackson? Well, they're, they're, those two guys are different guys. So you have you have Miller, certainly an outside guy first, could also play some inside. But Barry Jackson is very much an inside guy. This is a slot player that really does some unique things. Like as as you kind of put it out on the on the ten things about him, I love the fact of like what he does within the slant glance uh, part of the game from the slots slot position. Nebraska just didn't simply advantage of, of where the linebackers lined up against them every single game. Those guys were very tight to the line of scrimmage. The glance and the slant would have really loosened things up and got some of those linebackers off the line of scrimmage, probably opening up the running game a little bit. Um, but that's what Barry Jackson is going to be asked to do. He's going to be involved in the sweeps. He's going to be involved in the slants, the glances, the, 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 a lot of the little, the little tighter bubble-type screens, the slip screens. And, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he has at least a, a spot in Bill Bush's room to talk about being a returner as well. I know that there's, you know, Jaden Doss probably is, not probably, is is a, a, a 
Turner, but so is Barry. And, and I think that those guys are going to have some uh, competition for one another about who, who can do, who's going to get a chance to do what. And uh, Nebraska obviously got a couple guys in the class that, that, that love to be, be active on the return side of the house. He's Brian Munson of On3 Sports with us here uh, on the Ticket Water Cooler. Brian, you mentioned that maybe Nebraska's not done today. Who, who are we looking at on the radar next for Nebraska possibly commits? Yeah, I, I think that this is one that maybe Nebraska might have tweeted about about a week and a half ago. Dylan Rogers from Cy Woods High School in Cypress, Texas. Middle linebacker, 6'3", 232. Uh, you know, he's got offers from like from Texas and a bunch of other big schools. He, uh, I think that he may have actually been in the Nebraska class now for a little over a week, but I think he released yesterday that he was committing on July 5th, and then I think he did this morning, he said about 5 o'clock. So about an hour and a half from now, I'm anticipating uh, an announcement from, from Dylan Rogers that I think that he's going to commit to Nebraska. I think, and this would, this would essentially uh, close out uh, those two kind of off-the-ball linebackers at that Mike Will position where uh, Hayden Moore already is kind of being brought into play. This would be opposite Hayden. So you get two two Mikes in the class. Um, and, and Dylan Rogers is really kind of a it's kind of a unique defense. You get a chance to put his huddle on a little bit. They suck the other two linebackers up to the line of scrimmage a lot. And he's, he's the only guy playing off the ball, and he's got kind of C-gap to C-gap responsibilities. But when he comes down – he comes downhill and he hits people. I mean, he levels them. He is absolutely like a Mack truck. And, and I think that there's been a lot of people that say, yeah, you know, he's not as explosive as more. And, you know, there's, but you have to realize something. Uh, in, in a 3 in 4, he's only going to have half the, the gap responsibility he's playing in that high school video on Huff. So, got to kind of, got to kind of, Take, take another look at that from another perspective about how he's being viewed by Nebraska. So uh, a lot of good stuff there. I do believe Dylan Rogers will commit uh, later today, probably about an hour and a half to Nebraska. Brian, this is a big addition, obviously, for the whole class, but especially at receiver where we look at Malachi Coleman. You knew I was going to ask about him. Does this yep. really change – his view on Nebraska, especially for this class of 2023, and I know he's listed as an athlete. Would this change, I guess, Nebraska's idea of, of utilizing him as a wide receiver? No, not at all. Um, Nebraska's, Nebraska's been very consistent with Malachi, you know, basically since Mickey Joseph got there and said, you're a receiver. You're a receiver on my board. I think what people have to understand here is that there, there is some anticipation of some fairly high numbers uh, turning over in that room after this season. Uh, that number could be above five. It could be closer to seven, in fact. Um, so all that being said, it's not really surprising to see Nebraska where they're at right now with Doss and Jackson and now Miller and with Coleman potentially pending to get that fourth wide receiver in that in, in the class. And, and really, I mean, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with, you know, getting a new assistant coach. They, they bring in their own guys. That's that's typically what happens. There, there's there's always that kind of thing there about not being somebody's somebody's guy when it comes to being a player and that, 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 assistant, that assistant coach gets replaced. It's it's difficult. You're working out of a, out of a hole a little bit. But here, you know, Nebraska's got – some, some natural kind of 
uh, things coming up with draft eligible, end of eligibility kind of guys that'll that'll, that'll kind of be able to, to, to that will leave that room. And Nebraska's going to backfill them, you know, with at least three uh, three really good receivers and potentially Guy Coleman. But I don't think this changes uh, a single thing, or actually, it does not change a single thing when it comes to Nebraska and where they see him playing. Brian, kind of a two-part question here, uh, just kind of with the instability of college football right now, not obviously impacting Nebraska or Big Ten or SEC, but I was wondering if that's kind of hurting some other teams on the recruiting trail. And then obviously with the, the addition of UCLA and USC, do you think that Nebraska will start uh, buying into to California a little bit more? I, you know, I think Nebraska is always willing to go ahead and get out and do whatever they need to do to be successful. California has, has always played a role for Nebraska – uh, it played a small role for Nebraska's class last year. They, they have been uh, semi-active, you know, recruiting that state this year. A lot of their activity has been, been getting into some new areas like Kansas City and Texas and really kind of trying to, to uh, um, really benefit from what they've done staff change-wise with, with Bill Bush promoted to, to you know, full-time guy and bringing in Mickey Joseph. They wanted to get into Louisiana and be strong across the Sun, the sun Belt. Um, there, there are some advantages to, to extending the footprint to California. Um, you, you are now more relevant to players that are out there on the West Coast because, you know, every year, every other year, every two to four years, whatever, wherever the case is going to be whenever they get done to get done with all the scheduling and, and figuring out how, that, how that's all going to work, you're going to have more of an opportunity now to potentially play you know, in more of a of the confines or, or closer to home, I guess, and make it easier for some of the guys, some, some folks back home to come see you. I, I, I struggle. I struggle with the footprint going from Piscataway to Los Angeles. I, I, I struggle with that a little bit. But, you know, this the way conferences are, are being put together now, where it's more around viewership and markets and, 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 and kind of how they can – they drive up basically the, the TV contract by bringing more households into the, into the equation. I get it. It's, it's sometimes just very difficult to kind of understand where everything was, was really more geographic, you know, before like Big 8, Big 12. Um, so that all that being said, I think Nebraska can benefit here. Uh, it's going to be really t- out there uh, in, in L.A., and uh, a lot of those guys now, they're, they're, very, they're very hip to Lincoln Rally being out there, and it's going to be tough to pull anybody out of there that's, you know, one of the guys that USC wants. Yeah, and then yeah, I don't know how, how close you've been able to watch something like this, but you anticipate like the latest news might have Oregon State and Washington State and Stanford and Cal outside of um, the major conferences. Do you, do you anticipate as you know as it's just speculation, but as we go into this, that it might be difficult for them to recruit because they they might be seen you know deemed at a lower level. Absolutely. Um, I, I obviously carrying with it the weight of a D1 offer, it's still very, very significant. However, you know, when you start talking about, and that's one of the, one of the, thing, one of the things I pointed out when, you know, Tatum Tuioti committed to Eugene, uh, uh, the Oregon Ducks, like earlier this weekend, kind of interesting time. I mean, you don't, there's a lot of things that are, that are, that are out there right now around the Pac-12. You just don't know what's going to happen. Now, I think Oregon's going to be fine, uh, clearly with, with having their ties back to, to Nike, and, and I think that they've got a they've got some really good kind of a national footprint for their fans. Um, so I think that's going to be fine for them. But to your point, there are some 
teams, you know, Berkeley or State, Washington State, it, it, it's it's going to be a little tougher for them. They're not quite as marketable, and they've had a lot of come-along kind of value with them when it came to, you know, the, the, the U-dubs and, and the Oregon Ducks kind of bringing them along or, you know, Stanford, you know, being kind of that, that higher academic but, but kind of losing it with Berkeley a little bit. So um, I, I, I'm going to be interested to see where some of those guys end up having to kind of land. But, but clearly, you know, they always were at a deficiency way when it came to that conference, but I think as they try to find another another home potentially, uh, it's going to take it's going to have an impact on their recruiting class as well as they, as they wait for the dust to settle. He's Brian Munson of On Three Sports. Brian joins us every Tuesday. Thanks again for taking time out of your day for us. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. All right, there he goes, Brian Munson of On Three Sports. We'll take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler and wrap things up. When we get back, uh, we'll be right back here on ninety three seven The Ticket.